Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. One and only, final, it's done. It's it she she landed the, the bow of her dreams, right? Woohoo! Come on. Amen. Well, hey, let's jump right into tonight. Obviously, this is a little bit more of an informal setting. It's just an opportunity for us to really just have a Bible study and just dig into the Word of God. Obviously, it looks different than it does on Sunday morning. Sunday morning, we're trying to reach a whole lot of different people at the same time. But when it comes to these Wednesday nights, we're purposing to dig in. We're purposing to go a little bit further. We're purposing to grow in the things of God. And so, obviously, these Wednesday night services might necessarily or not be necessarily the the kind of thing that you invite somebody that don't know church things, you know, because like, well, man, I, I, I don't know anything about what you're talking about. So again, I just encourage you, let's just press in, dig in, let's grow in God. And if you recall, my wife, she ministered uh, last Wednesday. And I, actually, I was out of town last Wednesday. And she started ministering just on the subject of healing, of just God's heart, God's desire for us to be healthy, for us to be whole, for us to be able to go to God and go to Him and have faith that when there's something going on in our bodies and our physical health that we can trust him that he's faithful to his word. And so she uh, had every intent on continuing with that this week. But like I said, she's out of town with her sister. So she said I needed to pinch it for her. And so uh, I'm here. You're stuck with me tonight. Is that okay? <laughs> okay. So let's continue with that just because of some things that she shared with you uh, last Wednesday. And for that matter... Uh, we did say this, uh, if you were here with us the last time, we said that when it comes to our Wednesday night services, for the summer months, the first and the third Wednesday, we're going to minister and teach specifically on healing and just sharing God's heart, God's desire, and God's will concerning that so that we can have faith to receive from God. We also said that on that third Wednesday, we're actually going to pray for people. If, if people have a desire to be prayed for, we'll pray for them. Uh, our second Wednesday of the month, which would be tonight, obviously, like I said, I'm pinch hitting for my wife. But we would just have some Bible study in some different directions as to who we are in Christ. And then our fourth Wednesday is actually just a time where we can come together and pray as a church. We might uh, take some time just to share the Word of God, give us some nuggets, give us some direction. But then we'll actually come together as a church body and have some corporate prayer time. And so that's what it looks like, all right? So next week, if maybe you have need in your body, what we're purposing to do is just get you in a position of faith, getting your faith stirred. And then next Wednesday when we come, we're going to teach on healing. And if you have desire uh, to be prayed for, we'll pray for you and believe that God will minister to your, your body and see God do what he said he will do. Amen? So when it comes to healing, this is one of those subjects that really become... Uh, challenging for individuals as to whether or not it's God's desire, God's will. Can we pray for healing? Can we receive from God pertaining to this particular issue? And if you recall just simply last week, the, the Bible tells us very clearly that it is something that belongs to us as believers. In fact, if you recall, the Bible tells us 
that it was part of the Abrahamic covenant. Isn't it interesting how we, we separate the Bible from Old Testament, New Testament, or Old Covenant, New Covenant, and, and act as though there's different things or, or uh, one was applicable for one group of people, the other was applicable for another group of people. But in all actuality, the Bible tells us that the Old Testament is really a foreshadow of what is to come. And the New Testament, the Bible says that God has given us better promises and a better covenant because of what Jesus came to do. But in the Old Covenant or the Old Testament, which was established based upon the law, but also upon that which he promised Abraham, the Bible says that concerning Abraham, the covenant that God made with him or the promise that he made to him, was that healing was available to God's kids. It was always his desire, it was always his will for us to be able to come to him and receive from him. And if you recall concerning Jesus, there was one particular story where a woman came to him to be ministered to or to be prayed for, and all the religious leaders were saying, are you going to heal on the Sabbath day? They were making it an issue about whether it was the Sabbath or, the, or, or not. But this woman just had something going on in her physical body. And she says, I just want to be well. And he, here's how Jesus responded. He said, this woman is a daughter of Abraham. Think about it. Whom Satan has bound all these years. Ought not she be made well? So he addressed their concerns by really getting to the heart of the matter and say, this woman is a daughter of Abraham. It's her covenant promised right. And he ministered to her and she was made well. And then again, we see concerning Jesus. Jesus was the will of God in action. Any of those individuals or any people that came to Jesus that desired to be ministered to or desired to be made well, he prayed for them, ministered to them, and the Bible says that they were made whole, right? Every single time that we see Jesus ministering to somebody, 100% of the time they received from God, right? And Jesus said, he said, now concerning praying, he said, now here's how you ought to pray. Thou, our heavenly Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, let me ask you this. Is there any sick people in heaven? No, there's not. So, therefore, he said, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As I've been here, I've been ministering to the sick, and the sick are recovering. Why? Because that is the will of the Father who sent me. In fact, he goes on to say this. He said, I've not come to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Anything that I say is the only thing that I hear him, or I say what I hear him telling me. The things that I do is the things that I see him doing. So once again, Jesus was the direct will of God in action as we saw him in his earthly ministry. Acts chapter 10 verse 38 says how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil. So that scripture tells us very clearly that sickness and disease does not come from God. It comes from who? Oppressed by the devil. And the Bible tells us that Jesus came to minister to those that were oppressed of the devil. Now, let me just give you a, a, a side thought, just something for you to chew on. If sickness 
was God's will to teach you something, to help you grow, to help you learn something based upon your dumb decision, then don't you think Jesus was working against his heavenly father when he came and ministered to the sick? Certainly. He would have been in direct violation to the will of the father. So what that tells me is that we've had this idea of sickness and disease all messed up and all wrong. And once again, from the scripture, we see time and time and time again that the promises of God tell us that healing is a part of our covenant right. In fact, Jesus said this. He said that healing is the children's bread. So therefore, God desires for us to walk in this life of health and healing. Does that mean that we don't face things or sickness comes knocking on our door? Sure it does. Everybody has opportunity to be sick. But the question is, is do you desire to stay sick or do you desire to be made well? And the Bible says that healing is available to us, but who would believe? So if healing is a promise of God, how does it happen? How does an individual receive from God if I'm desiring or having need in my physical body to be made well. Now, once again, we can sit back on our high horse and say, I don't believe in all that stuff. Well, when you're healthy and whole, that's okay for you to get on your religious soapbox and say, I don't believe in all that. But when the doctor says you're sick and you're dying and you've only got six weeks to live, you might think different about this idea. God! If you will, please heal my body. I need a miracle from you, right? In fact, it is those times that we start crying out to God. God, if it be your will. God, if it be your will. God, if you can only help me. But the, the scripture is very clear to tell us that God's desire, the Bible tells us that healing is a promise from God. And the Bible says that all of God's promises are yes and amen. So therefore, when Jacqueline hears the word of God and there's a promise of God, to Jacqueline, all the promises are yes and amen. Sam says, I need a, a, an answer from God and I know his promise and here's what the promise says. The answer is yes and amen. And when we go over here to Jessica, well, you don't qualify. Well, no, the Bible says that God's no respecter of persons. Therefore, if it was yes and amen to that promise, yes and amen to his promise, it's still yes and amen. Because all of God's promises are yes and amen, or the word amen simply means so be it. It's available to us. So once again, how is it that we receive the promise of God in our life? Well, turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 4. Now we're going to take a, a little bit of time here looking at some scripture because... I want you to see in the Word of God for yourself what God's Word says pertaining this issue concerning the promises of God. In Romans chapter 4, verse 16, it says, Therefore, if it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so the promises might be sure. To all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also of those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Now, a couple of things there. One, the Bible tells us 
that Abraham is the father of faith. So when it comes to this idea of faith, we ought to be able to look at Abraham and find out how he appropriated faith, how he got faith to work. But the Bible tells us here, it says, therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace that the promises were made sure. So grace is defined as God's ability, God's empowerment, God's favor. So therefore, it is the favor of God that makes the promises available to you. It is the empowerment of God, God's heart, God's love for you that the promises are available. But the Bible says that even though the grace of God makes the promises available, it says that your faith is what tapped into the grace to make it sure. Are you seeing that? So how are the promises enacted? How are the promises received? It is by the grace of God, but it is through faith. It's our faith that taps into the grace of God that makes the promises sure. Turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Let's begin in verse 30, 35. It says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Confidence. Having confidence, there's great reward. Now, in 1 John chapter, uh, what is it, chapter 3, verse 14 and 15, it says, now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we have the petitions or the requests that we've made of him. So the will of God, or knowing the will of God, gives me confidence to approach him. So once again, it says, don't cast away your confidence, because your confidence, and really confidence is nothing more than faith, it has reward. Verse 37, it says, for yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. For if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Now look at verse, verse 1 of chapter 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Let me read that again. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is now. Now faith is, or faith is now, the confidence of believing that I receive, even when I don't have evidence of it in the natural. Are you seeing that? It goes on to say this in verse 6. Drop down a couple verses. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is or that he has the ability. And he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Remember, we just read that. Cast not away your confidence. Because with your confidence in God comes great reward. 
So therefore, I'm coming to God. God, I believe. I believe that you can, and I believe that you will. And as a result, the Bible says that there's great reward. Look at verse 33. Chapter 11, verse 33. It says, who, now again, this is talking about the, the men of faith. In fact, in these next few verses, I believe it's like 21 times, who through faith, who through faith, who by faith, who in faith, who by faith, who through faith. And then we get here to verse 33. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, and stopped the mouth of lions. So how do we obtain the promises of God? What did we just read? Who through faith obtained promises? So there is a promise of God that says, my promise, my covenant, my desire for you is that you experience health and healing in your body. And if by chance sickness comes knocking on your door, my desire, my will, my heart is that you walk in health and healing in your life. And you can come to me with confidence, but it's going to take faith to receive the promise. It's going to take faith to receive the promise of God. Now, concerning this, if we look in the Gospels, we see the will of God in action. We see Jesus ministering to the sick. And for most of us, we've been taught or we've just looked at it and says, well, Jesus did those things. And it was according to the will of Jesus as to who he ministered to and who he made well. But that is absolutely false. When you look at the Gospels, there's 19 specific accounts where the Bible says that Jesus ministered to people that were sick. Sick. 16 out of the 19 accounts, Jesus said to them, according to your faith, be it unto you. Because of your faith, you have received. Jesus spoke very clearly as to the qualifying factor of them receiving. The ones that he didn't say very specifically, it was implied that it was their faith. So once again, we just have this idea that Jesus, was, oh, you're sick. Oh, be well. No, it was people that were approaching Jesus and they were approaching Jesus in faith. He said, it was according to your faith that you received. Jesus did not just do it according to whoever he desired and whoever he willed. I'll prove it to you. In fact, let me ask you this question before I make the statement. Was there anything that would limit Jesus from healing the sick? Sure. It was unbelief. Because if you recall, the Bible says that Jesus went and ministered, but it says he could do no mighty work there except heal a few sick folk because of their unbelief. And it said he marveled at their unbelief. 
So it's not that Jesus wasn't willing or wasn't desiring. It's not that God doesn't want to, but what hinders or limits God from ministering to us in our time of need or ministering to us when we step out and say, God, I know what your promise says. It's based upon going to God in faith. And unbelief will diminish our ability of receiving the promise, even though the promise is sure. Or in other words, it's God's heart for you. Again, I could say, here's a $100 bill. Whosoever wants that $100 bill, come on up here and get it. And if you all just sit there, (laughs) he is already getting ready, go on. If you all just sit there, the promise of the $100 bill is still sitting there. And I said, whoever wants it. In fact, if one comes up and gets it, I'll put another one down there. But if nobody comes up and gets it, the promise stays there. And the same thing is applicable when it comes to the promise of God concerning health and healing within our body. Now, we said this, that in regards to Abraham, Abraham was the father of faith. Therefore, we could take our cues from Abraham as to how we put faith into action. So let's go back to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Now we're talking specifically about healing in our body. But whatever the promises of God are. Every single promise of God is obtained by the same way. It's by faith. But we must know how faith works. We saw there in Hebrews 11 when it says, faith is now. Faith is right now. Faith is right now in the present moment. Not going to be, not could be, it's now. But so therefore, how do we see the father of faith giving a demonstration or an example of what his faith looked like? In Romans chapter 4, verse... 17, it says, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of him who believed God, who gave life to the dead and calls those things that be not or which do not exist as though they did. Who contrary, now listen, this is starting to speak of Abraham, who contrary to hope, in hope believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. Now, let me just stop you right there for a moment. First of all, the Bible says that God changed Abraham's name from Abram to Abraham, which means father of many nations. He didn't change his name to mean you're going to be the father of many nations. He didn't change his name to say someday you'll be the father of many nations. Abraham meant the father of many nations. Right now. Every time he introduced himself, I'm Abraham. What he was actually saying, I'm the father of many nations. And then notice what it says here. It says, he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Did you realize that Abraham did not see this come to pass in his natural life? All this promise became fulfilled other than Isaac, or uh, uh, his son being born. Right? But in regards, he says, I believe what you say, God. 
And the Bible says that he became, so that he became the father of many nations. Verse 19, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. So now it gives us an illustration of a difference of strong faith versus weak faith. Strong faith says, I don't consider my own body already dead since I'm about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb, which she was about 90. Verse 20 says, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced, confident that he who had promised was also able to perform. Are you seeing a glimpse of what faith looks like? Fully convinced. Not counting my body. I know that I'm a hundred years old. I know Sarah's plumbing's not working. But God, I trust you. I believe I am the father of many nations. I am the father of many nations. I am the father of many nations. That's what faith looks like and notice he said this he did not waver at the promise that's an interesting word waver let's look to james chapter one and once again i'm having you turn in your bibles just for the sake of you becoming more familiar with your bible and therefore you can see it for yourself that your bible says the same thing that mine does james chapter one Starting in verse 2, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. How many of you know that sickness isn't a real fun thing to go through? Doesn't matter whether you got the flu, whether you got allergies, whether you got whatever. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. I love it when people say, well, I've got strong faith. Really? Really? I've got strong faith for healing. Have you ever had to believe for healing in your body? Well, no. If you've never had to believe for healing in your physical body, then all you do is have understanding of what God's word says. You don't really have faith. Because true faith is always tested. I said true faith is always tested. Rubber meets the road when you're going through the muck and the mire and say, okay, we've got to stand on the word of God. We've got to stand on the promise and we've got to believe God. That's when you know you've got faith. Right? Verse 4, it says, But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect or mature and complete, lacking nothing. Now, if you do lack something, if anyone lacks anything, or if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Now, look at verse 6. Let him ask in what? Let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven, tossed by the wind. For let not that man, and that word uh, uh, waver, or excuse me, doubts, in the King James says waver. Let that man who doubts or that man who wavers, he says, let that mind, uh, let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. For he has a double, or he is a double-minded man, and he's unstable in all of his ways. Abraham did not waver at the promise of God. God just said here, the man who wavers is unstable. And let me just tell you, 
Let me just be real honest with you. Let me just be black and white, God says. If you waver, you don't receive. If you waver, you don't get what you're believing for or what you want because you're unstable. Now, unstable doesn't mean that you're loony. It means you just don't have a settledness about you. But that word waver is interesting here, or doubt, it means to take sides against or take sides with. So when you get into doubt, you begin to take a stance against the promise of God. Because the promise of God is yes and amen. But when you allow wavering or doubt to come in, you take a stand, and it's not in the promise of God. Now, let me give you a couple different things here in regards to that. Because when it comes to faith, there's degrees of faith, and that's the best way that I can put it. And what I mean by that, there's, how can I say, there's... Um, the more revelation that comes, the more understanding that comes, the further your faith reaches. For instance, you can have faith that God loves you and so loved you that he sent Jesus. Died on the cross, went to hell, and you believe God and you receive Christ, and that's all you ever did with it. You had faith to believe for salvation and eternity is secured. But God says there's a whole lot more that you can experience on this earth. But your faith really just impacted eternity. You got to go to heaven. Or you could say, well, I believe that not only does God want me to be a Christian, He wants to get in the affairs of my life, and I believe that God can. Meaning He's got the ability. Well, if you believe that God can... That's a level of believing or having faith. But then there is a believing that says, not only do I believe that God can, I believe that God wants to. That's a degree of faith. Not only that, I can say, well, I believe that God can, I believe that God wants to, I believe that God will do. You see the progression of my faith? Or you can say, I believe that God has already done. It's all a difference of how you've got understanding of the Word of God. You can say, well, I believe God is the creator of the universe. He can do anything He wants to. But just you believing that He can does not mean that you have faith to believe that He will. You just believe that He can. But you still got faith. All right, you tracking with me? Now, I'm going to come back to that thought in just a moment. Now, when it comes to receiving from God, concerning the promises of God, concerning healing in our physical body, the reality is, is that most people desire a miracle. Right? I mean, let's just be honest. When you're going through the hardship of sickness and disease, you want a miracle. Well, miracles don't require faith. 
because miracles come from God. And let me give you a little bit of inside information. And I'm getting this from Kenneth Hagin. He was a spiritual father and mentor to myself and my wife. We sat under his ministry. And one of the things that he said that he saw throughout his ministry, now he, he was in ministry for 60 plus years, and so he's got a whole lot more of a pedigree than I do. And one of the things that he said that he saw continually is that those that were young in the Lord oftentimes got miracles just because they were young. They didn't know how to appropriate faith. He said, but I very, very seldom ever see anybody that received a miracle from God get another miracle. Because upon receiving, God now expects you to grow in your faith and learn how to receive for yourself. He says, to whom much is given, much is required. So if you've been taught that God wants you to be well, then he's going to require you to stand on your faith and in your faith to receive from God. And so therefore, when I'm saying, God, I'm believing for a miracle, I'm believing for a miracle, what you're wanting to say is, God, do it now, take it away, take all the hurt, all the pain, so I don't have to go through this anymore. And wouldn't it be great that that's how God functioned all the time? But the reality is that that's not really how he does it. Or I shouldn't say, for those of us that have grown in the Lord, know his promises, know his word, God says, you're going to have to come to me in faith. You're going to have to receive it by faith. So let me just give you a couple different scenarios. For instance, let's just say you know, you believe that God is a healing God. You believe that it's your promise. You believe that it belongs to us as believers. If you're saying, I'm going to get my healing. That's not faith. Because in Isaiah 53, 5, concerning the promises of God, the Bible says that by his stripes you were healed. It's a, it's a promise. All the promises are yes and amen. Healing belongs to you. It's the children's bread. Healing, $100 bill sitting on this counter. It's got your name on it. It says your name, your social security, your address. It is yours. But as long as it stays there, you don't partake of it. You might say, well, I'm, I'm going to go up there and get it. I'm going to get it. Or somehow it's going to get to me. He said, it's right here. It belongs to you. You might have heard somebody say it this way. Well, God's, God's going to do it. That's not faith, because God already did it. He's not going to do it. He already did it. I've heard people say it this way. Well, I don't know how God's going to do it. I just know he's going to do it. He already told you how it comes. The promises come by faith. They come by faith. And if you're looking for some other way by which he does it. Now, here's what people oftentimes mean by that. Well, if God chooses to use the doctors, praise the Lord. If God chooses to do a miracle, praise the Lord. Well, if we get it by our faith, praise the Lord. 
what you're wanting what, what you're wanting God to do is meet you somewhere. Or uh, let me say it this way. You, you want to meet God somewhere. You just don't know where he's going to show up. He could be here. He could be here. He could be here. And when he shows up, well, then I'll just agree with that. The reality is, is that God hooks up and agrees with your faith. So in other words, if your faith is saying, God, I believe that the doctors are going to be able to help me. That's where my faith is. God, God, I'm thanking you that the doctors are going to find out what's going on in my body. And God, I thank you that we're going to get to the bottom of this. And God, I thank you that through this means, I'm going to get well and healthy and whole. God will meet you where your faith is. But you've got to know where your faith is. Well, God, I believe that you are faithful to your promise. And I believe that I'm healed right now in Jesus' name. He'll meet you where your faith is. But you'll have to have faith in his promises and release your faith. Now let me just, those statements, I'm going to get healed. God's going to do it. I don't know how God's going to do it, but God's just going to do it somehow. That all sounds good. But those statements are statements that are taking stances against the word of God. Because he says, my promises are yes and amen. The man that wavers not receives. So in other words, I don't take a stance against, I hook up with the promise of God. When I'm over here saying... God's going to do it, God's going to do it, God's going to do it. And God said, I already did it. I did it 2,000 years ago. I did it 2,000 years ago. I did it 2,000 years ago. But God's going to do it, God's going to do it. You're taking a stance against. Are you tracking with me? You'll hear people that will say, well, I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated. I'm not getting my answers. You know where frustration is? Frustration is in your head, not in your heart. So if you're frustrated in your head, then you need to check up. Am I really in faith? Because faith is of the spirit man. The spirit man doesn't get frustrated. It's only the natural man. It's only the emotions that gets frustrated. And why am I saying it? Because upon you locating where your faith is at, then you can begin to move it. You can begin to grow. You can begin to make steps to get into that position of receiving from God. Because you can say all day long, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. God's going to do it. God's going to do it. God's gonna, and you'll die before God ever does anything because he's not going to do nothing. He already did it. Abraham said, I count God faithful. I don't consider my body being old. God is faithful to the promise. Calling those things that be not as though they are. What was, I couldn't have babies. That's what was. But what is, what is right now, what is now the promise, is I am now the father of many nations. Prove it to me. I am now the father of many nations. Prove it to me. You're sick and your body hurts. I'm the healed of the Lord. 
The doctor said, said it's no hope. The Bible says by his stripes I was healed. If I was, then I am in Jesus' name. Are you seeing the difference? Because upon locating your faith, becoming real with yourself, helps you reposition yourself to get in line where the blessings can be received. Amen. Are you seeing that tonight? Faith is now. Most people believe that they're healed once the symptoms are gone. Did you hear me? I said most people will believe that they're healed when the symptoms are gone. Faith says, the promise of God says that I'm healed now. Well, how do you feel? Don't matter how I feel. The word of God says that I'm healed. What's the doctor say? Well, it doesn't matter what the doctors say. I realize that's the facts. And facts only give me the opportunity to put my faith on something because those are the facts, but there is a higher truth, which is the word of God, and the word of God supersedes the facts, and therefore it doesn't matter what the doctors say because the word of God says that his promises are yes and amen, and therefore I'm healed in Jesus' name. Well, you don't look healed. It don't matter what I look like. Don't matter what I feel like. I don't ask my feelings what you feel like. I tell you what you feel like. I tell you what you're going to do. I tell you what you're going to be. You are the healed of the Lord. In Jesus' name. Are you seeing that? The woman with the issue of blood. I'll close with that statement. Or that, that story rather. The woman with the issue of blood was a great example of that. The Bible says that she was sick for 12 years. I believe it was 12 years, many years for that matter, spent all that she had, grew worse rather than better. She put her faith and confidence in something. But every time she put her faith in something, it never produced. But then the Bible says she heard about Jesus. Now she had been hearing about the miracle cure for the last several years. So you got to understand that this woman, when she heard about Jesus, she didn't get all excited. In fact, what she probably thought is like, I don't have any money. I've spent everything. But she kept hearing. And she kept hearing. And she kept hearing. Romans ten seventeen says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. She heard it enough to the point where she said, I keep hearing all these wonderful stories. I keep hearing about people getting healed. I, I, I've, I've had some people that I was in the same condition. And I've heard that their story has changed. And the Bible says that once she heard enough, she said, If I can only get to where he's at and touch the hem of his garments, I will be made well. So what she actually was saying, all i got to do is get there. I'm already healed. I just got to touch him. It's already done. I just got to make my way to get there. Well, was it easy? No, obstacles. Because we don't know where he was in comparison to where she was. He could have been in the next city, next town, next state, whatever. But the Bible just says she traveled to get there. It could have taken her a day. It could have taken her an hour. It could have taken her a week to get there. But she moved to get where Jesus was. And all the while, she says, when I get there, I got my healing. When I get there and touch him, it's mine. When I get there, all I got to do is touch him. And I'm done. I, I've, I've, got, I've got my answer. And faith moved her. 
And when she got there, she touched him. Like I said, there was obstacles on the way. Everybody knew who she was. She's the woman with the issue of blood. Hey, listen, you ought not be where we're at. Hey, guard, guard, this woman, she's not supposed to be here. She should have been put in jail as a result of what she was doing. She was unclean. But she kept fighting through the crowd, fighting through the crowd. And again, all the things that were going on in Jesus' ministry, the Bible says that people thronged him. In other words, there, there was such a mass amount of people. She had to kick and bite and push and elbow her way to get to where Jesus was. Was it easy? No. She just knew that when I touch him, it's mine. And the Bible says the moment she touched him, power left Jesus. Now, once again, if you're of the persuasion that it's all upon the sovereignty of God, it's all based upon God's desire to do it when and if he desires, the story of the woman of the issue of blood tells me that Jesus was not even aware that she was coming and that it was her faith that pulled it from him. Because he turned around and said, who touched me? And his disciples says, what? You're asking such a foolish question. Look at these people. And when he asked the question, she fell down. Knowing what took place in her body. And he says, daughter, your faith has made you well. It wasn't his touch. It wasn't his desire for her. It wasn't his prayer. Your faith has made you well. The promise of God belongs to us. It's our faith believing that it's ours. Amen? Let's stand. Just close your eyes for a moment. Now, just in the event that you have some things going on in your body, I encourage you to come back next week. Because we're going to teach a little bit more. And then we're going to pray. And we're believing that the healing power of God is going to touch your body. Now when you come, come ready to receive. You say, well, if I come and get ministered to and I see the answer, isn't that a miracle? No, you're coming in faith. That when I come and when they pray for me, I'm going to receive my answer. Amen? So let's say this together. God, I'm your child. Healing belongs to me. Jesus paid the price. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. Therefore, the promise is sure, is yes and amen, and it belongs to me. Therefore, I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm not trying to get well. The Bible says I am. It's just the devil trying to make me sick. So therefore, I stand on the word. I believe in your promise. I choose to believe that it's mine now. And next week, when I come, I believe that I receive. And when I come and hands are laid upon me and the prayer of, pray th prayer of faith is prayed, I will receive my healing upon approach. Because I have confidence that you are the healer. I am persuaded that you're faithful to your promise. And therefore I believe 
and I receive in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Do you believe that? Amen. Praise God. Subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.